What up, young slumlords and ladies? This is Jake Lapp, and welcome to the Young Slumlords Podcast, where me and Caleb Henshaw talk our shiz and hopefully help spark the idea for finding your financial independence in this paycheck-to-paycheck world. All right, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another week. We are super fortunate this week to have Mike with us, and as I call him, Mr. Rivera. I actually met Mike in high school when I was going for HVAC and plumbing. He came in, I think, my second or third year to replace one of our teachers who's retiring. And, you know, he came in, he taught us a bunch of HVAC and plumbing stuff. And then here we are a few years later, I was posting something on Facebook. We we kept in touch, we're friends. And he's like, yeah, Jake, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. And we, you know, we exchanged numbers and started talking numbers and Mike's got a really cool strategy. There's a ton of info I think that he and value that he can provide to a lot of our listeners in, in finding good deals, managing tenants the right way, and like everything in between. And so with that, I want to introduce Mike and hop right into it. What's going on, brother? Hey guys. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me out and I'm excited to dig into this with you guys. Uh Jake, we've been I was a shining pupil. Sure you were. <laughs> uh, you were pretty driven back then. Uh, yeah. You did uh, surprise me and very much so. You have your own story that has gotten you where you are now. So he's definitely proud us. of you. He definitely uh, surprised us all there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, um, have you guys been childhood friends? or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did we ever get it? I think on the first episode we talked about it a little bit. But yeah, me and Caleb have known each other since Probably like beginning grade. of middle school. Yeah, yeah seventh That's grade. Awesome been buddies ever since he's got the big brain i got a bunch of stupid ideas all the time <laughs> and he, that's he all you need them. it's yeah. the right mixture of yeah. uh brains and brawn right that's right so so yeah mike we, we wanted to kind of start with like our first question to you is how did you get started in this when did you get started in this why did you get started in this like how, yeah. how did that kind of process go yeah definitely for me real estate was not a goal in life a thought i almost fell into it on a whim i guess this business here, you have to have guts and go, I'm jumping in 100%. And that's what I did. Back in the early 2000s, I was running my own HVAC business and working with an entire brokerage in Allentown. These guys were buying 10 properties at a time, and there was about 20 of them. So I would go from house to house to rehab to rehab, slinging boilers, air conditioning systems, and going, man, I wish I could get into real estate. I wish I can get into it. Well, I finally found a deal, and this was 2004. Oh, we can do a flip. I got a friend to help me buy it. Well, well, you know exactly what happened in 2005. The housing market started dropping. So uh, my first uh, get my feet wet into real estate, we put all the money we had into this flip. Great deal. Now that we're done, we're about to put the for sale sign out. The housing market, the news is saying... Housing markets drop 20%. Sales are dropping. Nobody's buying houses. Wow. And I'm sunk. I have no money. Whatever money I had, I put into this place. And not only that, the guys that I'm working for are all filing bankruptcy and sending me bankruptcy letters. So the work that I did, now I'm not getting paid for. Wow. So it was panic mode 100% for me. And that was my first flip. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, continue. Well, you know, you now does it, with with the twenty percent 
decrease in the market, like would you have been able to to sell the property and break even? Were you going to lose money if you sold it? How? What was? What I was, was completely like? in panic mode. So an angel showed up in the way of a realtor. He knocked on our door. He said, "Hey, I have a buyer for this place." He goes, oh, they have cash and they're ready to close now." We brought him over. Two weeks later, done deal. These people came in with cash. We ended up making. Over a hundred grand on this place. No way. Just wow. like that. Hell yeah. And so, I needed it because my other job was going down the toilet because nobody was air conditioning season, nothing. Nobody had money. Boilers, rehabs, nothing. So it came in at the exact perfect time that I needed to. And this house was attached to my house. So it was I owned my house, which I still own now, and this one was like the other, you know, the other half of the twin. So it just worked out perfectly. Looking back at it now, I wish I still had it because <laughs> right. now I'm a collector of these things. Um, I'm not much of a flipper anymore. So, do you know what like the market drive was for that cash buyer to spend so much more than you guys were initially anticipating? So we were definitely anticipating to sell it for that much. Mm-hmm. Just once the market started dropping, we go, we're lucky if we just sneak out of here with any kind of money. Um, but once that realtor showed up, they saw it. I think they got some sort of inheritance. They had the money cash. It was never their money to begin with. So they go, we'll just buy a house out cash and we're good to go. We don't have a mortgage. We don't have... And the story gets even more convoluted because five years later, the same people lost the house because they never paid their taxes. No way. (laughs) Did you buy back? (laughs) They didn't tell me. They were too embarrassed to tell me. And I was sick because I bought the place with friends for like 120 if I remember correctly, we sold it for like two fifty, and now these people lost it for eighty thousand dollars. Is all they got out of it to wow. somebody that you know a, a wholesaler, basically. Yeah, I was sick for weeks. I could, I would have given them a hundred thousand. It was worth it, you know. But they were too embarrassed to come to me. So, so you said that it was the the twin attached to where you personally yeah. were living. Yeah. So how how did you kind of fall into getting that deal? So that twin was the, and what's it called? Um, basically, it was the seminary for the local biblical school in Hatfield. So foreign students are coming in to learn Christianity. So China, Africa, wherever you could think of, they're coming in. So the owner of the place wanted to retire, and he mentioned it to me that he was going to sell it. And, you know, he never put any, anything into the property. Because a lot of these people come from places that it's not so nice, so they're not expecting a lot. So he kept it livable and freshly painted, but that was about it. Um, How much money did you guys put into it when you picked it up? Um, man, I'm thinking 65, 50. It's more money than we had. Wow. And it was all on credit and extending yourself way too much. And how, how long was that process then from like purchase to sale? It was about six months. Wow. So we just hustled on it. All new electrical, top to bottom. It had knob and tube, so we got rid of all that. Added a bathroom. We gutted everything as much as we possibly could to make it nice. So we probably did more than what we needed to do. So did you buy both both houses at once? No. The, you, you the were one already... where I live, I bought that from my parents, so I was already there. Okay. So I've lived there where I live since 1989, almost, what, 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So That's awesome. Don't see myself moving, but. So I gave up on real estate after that. <laughs> okay. But all downhill from there. After that, everything just collapsed. Yeah. There's no 
lending, no anything. Mm -hmm. And when I first got into it, I go, this is a smoking deal. I got to get in. It wasn't a new career path for me. So I wish I would have known a little bit more and thought about it some more, but it was not the case. So going back now, 2005, you just got a chunk of money. What was your you know, your next, your next step, you're out of real estate. This isn't the thing, you know, how long did that last? Everything collapsed. I'm still getting these letters from the guys uh, declaring bankruptcy. You know, Hey, the 20,000 I owe you, I'm not paying it. Here's my letter. I don't have to pay anymore. So when you collect five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 of these, you panic. Um, after that, so I was self-employed. I went and got a job, a day job. I go, I had to lay off all my guys, which sucked, you know, because you're providing for families, you know. I tried to hold on as long as I could and feed them and try to take care of them. But really, I should have cut and run, hold on to what I had and go from there. But yeah, I got a day job. I did the greatest thing I could have ever done, which was file for bankruptcy. Um, That was great because how much of your debt do they write off? All of it. And I didn't lose a thing. Uh, A lot of people can't talk about that too much, but I think it was the greatest thing I did. It just messed up your credit for a little bit. Yeah. 10 years, I didn't have to pay anything back. And that's what opened me up in 2015 to start my real estate journey again. I'm just curious, like I, I've had experience with people that like, they were just on the cusp and like, of of going bankrupt and then, you know, kept going. But like, what you're saying, it's, it sounds like it makes more sense when you're in that position to just go for it, take the loss and restart. So how did that kind of that filing for bankruptcy, like, all the debts you had were forgiven. They didn't take your house. Like I figured if, if you're going bankrupt, they would take the assets no, that you do have. They don't take anything. So it's a legal thing that every American can do. God bless America, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as you file the petition and you say, hey, I can't handle it. I'm going bankrupt. Immediately, all the bill collectors stop calling you. They're not allowed to call you. Um, the worst thing is they go through your finances to see if you're hiding any kind of money, which there was none to hide. I was just going to ask, could I file for bankruptcy right now and <laughs> just well, erase my debt and keep my properties? It's not quite that easy because you do have to stand in front of a judge, which that's kind of tough. Yeah. But it was definitely a stressful time. Yeah. Looking back at it, I go, when can I do it again? But <laughs> that's the devil side of me. But nobody wants to do it again. But. Right. So everyone has to stop calling you. Your debts are forgiven. and It's a eight, nine month process too. So- while they work out all the paperwork, everybody gets to notice. They figure out what the final bills are going to be. Eventually, you get to the judge. You know, you got to pay your get a lawyer. He straightens you out, and you so, sign a piece of paper. You go in front of the judge. He stamps it. You're free and clear. The judges go. He did ask, "Hey, the money from this, where'd you what'd you do with it?" I said, "Hey, I tried to keep my business open and I paid bills." Right. Perfect. You know, if I would have said, "Hey, I went to Vegas," right. I'm in trouble now. Right. He's not going to forgive. But if you're trying to do the right thing. So is the government stepping in and now paying your loans for you? No. Just no one gets paid and everyone takes it as a loss. Everybody takes it as a loss. Which you saw, you were on the other end. You took those losses from other guys doing it. Trickle down effect. I was going to say, it sounds like a domino effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's no stopping it. So, you know, I was embarrassed. I was, but nothing I did wrong. Right. I did the job. I did the work and I should have gotten paid. But right. the so, bottom fell out of everything. And yeah, it was, it was a really hard time for a lot of people. So, you know, you made it through. I'm sure it tanked your credit, which now is affecting your other stuff. But you said 2015, you were back ready to start. So, so kinda- 2015 is when the bankruptcy was off my credit. Okay. 
So as soon as that opened up, um, oh, and the other thing was since that duplex that the guy lost for taxes, mm-hmm. he sold it for $80,000. Now my home value dropped tremendously right. because the house it's the same it, house. Sold for 80. 80 grand. Is worth 80. Right. Yeah. So not only was all this happening, I had one of those uh, bad mortgages that would adjust the arms five oh, year. Wow. And now I am declaring bankruptcy. My credit's in the toilet. And now it's starting to rack up and start shooting up my payment. So I was stuck. I could afford to pay it, thankfully. But Mm -hmm. as soon as 2015 came, that was off my credit, shot up. First thing I did was refinance out of that loan. Got a loan. I was probably saving. I think I went from $1,700 a month on my house to $1,000 a month. Jeez. Life-changing. And you didn't pull any cash out with that refinance. No, it was no. just, just, just change the interest my rate. Interest yeah. rate, lower my payment. Let's go. That's a lot of money each yeah. month. And did, did yeah. you restart then to to when you refinanced? Did you go back to a thirty year mortgage? I did. Okay, I did. So I didn't know anything about finances, sure. and I was just trying to get out of knock out the problems that I had. Right. So one at a time. Check this is out of the way. Check that's out of the way. And now I'm obsessed with credit. I'm getting my score up over 800 as soon as I can. So going through all this process, you're learning more and more pieces of the finance puzzle that oh, you yeah. didn't know before. So oh, like yeah. now- Well, nobody teaches you. Right. So like now the interest rate matters. Oh, my credit matters, but for what? And, and now when I-, I bought my house off my parents, they go, hey, you want to buy the house? We're retiring. Okay. I just showed up and I was 23 years old. Where do I sign? It was uh, basically no papers. I didn't really have, need much of a down payment. I think I gave thirty five hundred down. It was like nothing, right? You know. So okay, I'll sign. It's my house now. Yeah. They got their money. They retired. I have a house. Wow. So now, what put the bug of real estate into you? Like, because you're saying now, 2015, you start a real estate business, but like, you know, going through all this stuff, you saw the housing market tank. Like, I feel like that scares a lot of people away. Even though you made out okay with it. The, yeah, I struggled. The but. flip, but you know, what was that thing or that person that was like made you think, okay, long-term wealth, real estate? To be honest, I can't think back to to the one thing that was. I'm getting into it. I'm getting a rental. I guess I switched jobs. So is this when you left? I think teaching? I'm. I think I'm trying to remember when I started teaching. Because I graduated in 2015. 2015. And you were still I was. Teaching. I was already there. Okay. Yeah. So. I can't remember what what was the trigger, to be honest. I just know I had about $40,000 in a 401k. And they go, this isn't doing anything for me. So I go, how about I use this and get a rental property and we'll just see what happens. Didn't know anything about 2% rule, 50% rule, 70% rule, the real estate rules to analyze a deal. I just go, I have the down payment. Let's go look at places and see what I can find. And that's where it all started. But it was great because the properties in the market I was looking, we were talking fifty, fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars for a I, single family. For a single family home, like I could do this. And then I talked to a realtor friend, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you can get fifteen hundred dollars a month for this property." I'm thinking, well, if I'm only putting in twenty-five thousand, I'm getting fifteen hundred. I think that works. And how how long will I pay that off? You know. So that's that's exactly what I did. Now, the banks, they don't want you to touch that 401k. Yeah, there's a big penalty. Big penalty. And What's they, it? They, you pay 10%. the taxes and then 10%. Yep, yep. The taxes and 10%. At the end of the day, I go, who cares? Because when this property appreciates, 
There's my 401k, yeah. and it might even be double or triple. Yeah. That's exactly how it happened. Run us through this this first deal that you found then. Man, what a emotional roller coaster. <laughs> so everything I do, I involve my wife. If she's not behind me, I have to back off. So I tell her, hey, I want to get into real estate. I want to buy a place. We go with the realtor. We go see 12 houses on the first day. The first property we go to, like, oh, okay, this is nice. Let's go look at some more. We finished all 12. We go, let's go back to the first one because that's the one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was exactly like that. We bought that house. Single family. Single family, beautiful hardwood floors, open concept. It needed a little bit of work, but we went for it. So we put in the offer. We went away on vacation. We're on vacation for about a month. Um, That's a nice vacation. In Puerto Rico. Oh, it was a great time. But the second week in, we get, oh, you're, you were rejected for your offer. Now me and the wife are on vacation, devastated, as if we lost a, lost a puppy. We're like, oh, that was the one. Place was perfect for us. We'd live there, you know? Sorry to cut you off, but like, was it hard selling your wife on the idea of getting into rentals, or was she pretty supportive right away? Uh, she was scared of the unknown, but... Yeah, the safe, She's definitely thing to do is have a 401k. So like, hey, I want to get rid of this and <laughs> do something else. Yeah. So and were you with your wife at the time on your first deal? Oh, yeah. She stuck by me through everything. So That's awesome. Yeah. So so now you're you're back in Puerto Rico, got your offer That's rejected. Right. Yeah. We're, we're both sobbing because we lost this awesome house. You know, we're on the beach and we're upset because we lost <laughs> this awesome house. And we're like, okay, well, we'll find another one, you know? And uh, we kind of got over it a couple days. It took a couple days. We'd land in Philadelphia. It's like 8, 9 o'clock at night where we just picked up from baggage claim. We get the call from our realtor. The property's available. Do you want to put your offer in again? We're like, yeah, put it in. Were you like, let's go a little higher at this point? Or were you just... We just said, whatever it takes, we want it. Okay. And that was, that was the start. We want it. She goes, okay, I'll put it in couple days they accepted it and we were rolling now again didn't have a lot of money used all my money for the closing and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and it was uh an reo so it was a bank owned property so all the fees were on my side of the ledger yep so the closing costs and all that were a little higher than on a traditional sure home home sale so no seller assist on a bank owned property (laughs) right right (laughs) and and it was what it was that's the way they were looking at it I doubt the bank even knew what it looked like. So we we got into it, spent all our money. I think after all the fees, the taxes, we had just enough for closing. So we just did it. We signed the paperwork. We now own this property. We left closing, went right to Home Depot, bought a for rent sign, put it in the yard. We're walking through the place. The front door is open. The back door is open. We're like, okay, it's ours now. We got to do this. We got to paint. Doesn't a guy walk through and go, hey, uh, he was, he was a Mexican guy, so he's speaking in Spanish, but he goes, hey, this is for rent? I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, what do I have to do to get into this thing? He's looking around. And we're look, Me and my wife are looking at each other. We haven't owned it, not even for an hour yet. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And we're like, well, you know, I'm trying to keep them interested, but kind of buy some time. Because I don't know if you know how Norristown Housing Authority works. You have to get it inspected before you buy it. So before they sell it or there's a transfer, you have to get an inspection by them. And they go through and list off everything you have to fix. And I don't know how much experience we have with inspectors. Uh, it's all ego. Yeah. 100%. You can't question. You can't. He'll say, oh, you need to do this. You can't say, well, I think it's fine. 
it's not going to fly. You have to, yes, sir, right away. Because you don't want your life to be miserable, right? Right. We're not stupid. So they gave me this huge list of things that I have to do to this place before they give it the okay to rent. And this guy's walking through saying, if I can move in right now, or I'm like, oh, well, you know, we need, like, we just bought it. We need a month. He goes, oh, man, if, if I can move in right now, I'll replace the granite countertops for free. <laughs> this is my granite guy. Wow. And I'm like, ah. Oh, he's you still know, your granite guy? He's still my granite That's guy. That's awesome. <laughs> Keep going. That's so cool. <laughs> so I, I couldn't take him up on his deal. Just uh, because you needed. The timing. Yeah. I needed the okay from yeah. the city. I mean, the guy that walked through, the inspector, I mean, he wasn't taking any. He was, there was no gray areas. It was fix this, 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 and this. And that's it, you know? And was that inspection process part of like the like the closing agreement beforehand before you like actually... It's just everything it, in Norristown. It's everything in Norristown. They they have to go through before yeah. you're allowed to sell it. If it's not there, they won't do a closing. And, oh, okay. and you're gotcha. not able to start a lease until you fix everything, reschedule them the, coming their inspection. back. And, and they, they give you the license. And then they give you a license to yep. now occupy. Yep. Okay. Yep. The UNO. I mean, you got to pass that. So yeah, I couldn't take this guy up on his granite deal, but he was the first person I called when we were ready. I said, okay, it's ready November 1st. So, you know, we bought it in September. It took a little longer and, and he finally moved in. He lived there for two years. Great tenant. I mean, just everything we needed out of, out of, took care of the place and it was, it was great. It was great. And this guy finally, uh, he bought a place, put marble everywhere in his house because <laughs> he has all these scraps. Sure. And, my God, it's crazy. But that was our first place. Uh, so we bought it. We had to put about $10,000 into it. I didn't have $10,000. Credit. I just used a zero interest credit card. And I go, once we rent it, that's our cash flow should just go to knock this out. Yep. And it knocked it out. And then after that, we keep the money and we're, we're good to go. What were your numbers then? Like, what was the down payment plus the 10 grand for the rehab? What are you bringing in a month in rent? What? Yeah, you know? so... Wish I had more of the official numbers, but Roundabout, I think it fine. was about twenty six thousand for closing. Okay. Because everything was on my side. And that was with twenty five percent down? Yeah. Okay. Twenty five percent down. It was the numbers on the place was sixty thousand three hundred dollars was the sale price. Okay. I had to put the twenty six thousand down and then the ten thousand to get it up to rent, snuff up to snuff for rent. Then after that the guy was paying fifteen hundred a month. And what your mortgage on a sixty thousand dollar house is probably like twenty bucks. What like five hundred? Well, that's the downfall, I guess I would say, from Norristown. Their taxes are really high. Okay. So I think my mortgage was six hundred, if not less. Yeah. Wow. But the taxes were three hundred and seventy. So your and my monthly actual payments were like a, around a grand. No, 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 no. All in, we're talking around six hundred bucks taxes. Oh. And then they're only taken for my. Principal, they were probably taking 170 bucks. Right. You know, right, it was right. nothing. Okay. You know? So your so, monthly payment 600, your cash flowing like 900, 900 bucks. bucks. That's awesome. And that's huge to me. I mean, it's huge to everybody. If people could make $100 work in cash flow, I'm not going to sneeze at 900 bucks in cash flow. Right. You know what I mean? So, how was that um, that first par- process of getting the tenant in, managing, dealing, like being a landlord? That guy made it easy. Like I mentioned before, he was a Mexican guy. He didn't have a bank account, let's say. So I had to go collect the rent every month in cash. So that was the most annoying part of it, but I knew the money was going to be there. I had no worries about it. So sometimes it was a tenth, and this guy's like, when you're coming for your rent, 
I'm like, well, when I have a free minute, I'll right, be there. You right, know, right. if you could mail it to me or figure out a way that I didn't have to go get it, you're going to have to wait for me. So, I mean, I shouldn't Poor have done guy. that, but that's just the way it is. You know, <laughs> Poor guy's got to pay to wait to pay his rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is how he was. He was yeah. like, where are you? Yeah. I'm coming, man. I'm coming. So nothing crazy happened on that first no like landlord being a landlord nothing no did you have problems completing the punch list for the UN? yes that yeah. was the biggest problem I, I would have to say so i knocked out the punch list the inspector we call them come back they don't write down they they have paperwork and they go left side of house needs pointing so you do that then he comes back and goes to the back of the house and goes that needs pointing then you got to pull out the piece of paper and say you left. said the left side front and this is what I did. So they don't take pictures. They don't take really good notes. And they try to go off of memory. So there was a piece of wood, like fascia, that was rotted. So we replaced it. When he came back, on the other side of the house, there was a baseball-sized hole. And he goes, didn't I tell you to fix that? So I, my head almost falls off my shoulders. And I go, hey, this is what you said to fix. And right. we fixed it. Right. Then he had to let it go. Um, the other thing I do at my properties is make sure with these single families that they have their own parking. Yep. So I try to get rid of street parking and give them two spots if I can in the back. Why is that? Well, to charge more for rent, yeah. number one. <laughs> Isn't that what the only reason? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if there was like another reason. No. But yeah, okay. Any little reason I can use to Bump say you want to rent from me. Yep. 2500 bucks, 3500 bucks. it's worth it in the long run to pay it. So. 100%. You got this first one. It's cash flowing great. Your cash on cash is great. This was a golden property. Yeah. So during that rehab, you know, you put the ten grand in. Are you doing every bit of work yourself? Are you hiring contractors? You know, how how did that go? Yeah, uh, it was me, my wife. I mean, she. If I didn't fit in a spot, she was hopping in there under the cabinet. I didn't fit. You know, hook up the hoses to the sink. She hopped in there. And hooked them up for me. You know what I mean? So, she so it was had me. Read the Teflon tape. Oh right yeah, <laughs> she's getting good. So yeah, my my friends came. My friends' family came and painted. I mean, it was just a whole ordeal of people just coming out and supporting me. Um, it's just you know how your friends, yeah, how it goes. You know what yep. I mean? You you don't even have to ask some people. They just come and show up and go, hey, we're doing this. Yeah, and it goes from there. Um, that whole the place that we bought was the downstairs had beautiful hardwood floors. But upstairs was all carpeted. So we pulled up the carpet and exactly like the downstairs. Beautifully preserved hardwood floor. Nice. Covered by like two or three layers of carpet. <laughs> so I just couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And it just worked out just right. Yeah. but And just like to speak back on like your friends and stuff helping you out. Like that's such a, a big part in this process. Like even... You know, if you're thinking about getting involved in something like this, tell everybody watch, you know. Tell it's everyone key. you know, but also like people know, like when you're down at the bottom or you see someone else down at the bottom, like the way that you treat them is going to change the dynamic of a lot of things. Like a lot of people want to help when you're you're doing good and stuff, but unless you were helping them when they were down, like it's it's a very well you never forget that. Like that first exactly. deal you have your right people come your friends come over, do everything for free. You get so much more done than you could ever could have imagined yep. like initially. Cause like, you know, I was in that same spot. I walked into this place and I'm like, I can't believe 
like I just did this. Like yeah. this is way more than I anticipated. And then you know, with people coming, this to help is mine me, now. Exactly. What do I do? Then why yeah. did I just do that? <laughs> and then you know, as people come help you out, it just gets things get done. And next thing you know, you're ready. It's it's good to go. So yeah, you, you don't forget that whatsoever. Yeah. So like I said, this property was like the golden goose because then we went back to the bank and you go, hey, uh, I heard about this Burr thing. What do you think it's worth now? And uh, they didn't even do an official appraisal. They just, the banker, great guy, um, I texted him. He texted me back on a Sunday, like nine o'clock at night. I was not expecting that. He goes, hey, I looked it up. I put it in our system. And if my numbers are correct... This place is worth like 170 grand. Hell yeah. Wow. I'm like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah. He goes, we'll, we'll refinance you and we'll, we'll get you your money out. And so they didn't even do, have to come out and do an appraisal. They, they just, didn't even have, they just did like a satellite view and whatever. They did a drive by. <laughs> okay. the, the, eventually they did a drive by, but they never <laughs> Make went sure in. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So what'd you do? You pulled your I pulled, equity? Yeah. I pulled my equity out. My mortgage went up. I think mm -hmm. I pay a thousand bucks a month now. That's it. I'm getting it might be eleven hundred. Um, I think okay. I'm renting that one now for sixteen ten. These are just all numbers from my head, off my off the top of my head here. So ten dollars more for that parking in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, what, every ten dollars <laughs> counts. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, my mortgage went up to thousand whatever. I'm still cash flowing five to six hundred bucks, mm -hmm. and now I have a pile of money that I can go get some more. So I go to a wife and I go, let's do this again. So was it a HELOC where now you have to pay that money back or it was just straight 100% up? 100% cash out okay. refi, yeah. So you had a 60 or less than that, 75% uh, of 60000 in the loan. Initially, you then got a new loan for 170. That difference just went straight to your pocket? Basically. You yeah. didn't need to say like, it's going to this. It was like, here you nope. go. Nope. This is your money this now. This is your money now. That's awesome. Just like that. And I, like I said, I just looked right at my wife and go, let's go do it again. This is my 401k and we still have that place. Yep. Wow. It makes sense. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so now she's sold. You're completely sold. sold. Yep. I'm completely sold. She goes, wait a minute. You're telling me you took $40,000 and you basically made it into over 200 in about six months. And a cash flowing asset that's going to And it's making you five, every... $600 a yeah. month. Yeah. She was in. Yeah. I was in. How can you not be? How can you not be? Right. So then we just bought some more with that kind of money. Fast forward a little bit. One of the properties that I bought with that money turned out to be... So So the one we just talked about was a golden goose. Now we got to talk about the... Uh, the rotten egg. The rotten egg, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one's been a thorn in my side since I've owned it. I think uh, it's now three years. And I should have known from the beginning. I'm doing the walkthrough with the... Housing Authority Inspector for the UNO. Same guy. Same guy. <laughs> oh, no. Freaking jerk. Freaking jerk. Well, and the other thing is, for some reason, landlords are looked down to sure. by the housing. Yeah. Like we're stealing from somebody yeah. or we're putting a lot of money out. They don't get it. And we're turning these places around. And so, making them nice. And, and making them real nice. Right. So same guy. This deal, it was a row home, little more sketchier part of Norristown. Rented already. So it's already occupied. So how does that work with the UNO? So they have to give you a temporary UNO. Basically says somebody's living there. and Can they force you to do anything? They could. They Oh, yeah. They still give you the list of things you have to fix. And that's like you have to do that before getting a new tenant in? 
Or they like, before you get your license, and they'll mm-hmm. fine you if you don't get it done. Okay. Uh, yeah, they start throwing thousand dollar fines. There you go. At you. So, so I was like, what are they gonna evict the tenant? <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna do okay. that. But so this place, I think it was seventy five thousand dollars for this uh, row home. And now you see where my price range is. I try to keep under a hundred thousand as much as I can, and as long as the rents are high enough, because rent right now. So it's seventy five thousand for this place. It's already rented. Person's paying. 1300 a month. Like, you know, man, if I buy this, another $600 mortgage, 1300 bucks. It's good. It's good. Yep. What's wrong with it? Nothing. So we walk it with the inspector. He walks the inside. Really, besides being a little dirty, he doesn't really point out too much. We walk around the outside. It had about 60 feet of sidewalk from the back of the property to the alleyway with two sets of steps, cement steps. He sees that and he just waves, you know, he, he, he just briefly looks at it. He waves with his arm and says, all that has to be replaced. <laughs> and, and, I, and I just turn my head and I go, what has to be replaced? He goes, all of it. I go, well, there's a crack here. Okay, this is falling in a little bit. All of it, he says. I'm like, okay, I got to replace all of it. Whatever you say. So that's nuts. Didn't think it was such a big deal. Fifteen thousand dollars later, it was a big deal. Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars worth of sidewalk and steps that it had to get done like ASAP. Could you just freaking take it out and put some gravel down? <sighs> I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I still hate that. Yeah. I look at that and I'm still sick about it because I mean, really, I should have pushed a guy and said, "I'm replaced. I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and that's it." Me being the way I am, I just go, all right, he said do it. I'm just going to appease the guy and do it. But I didn't know it was going to be so expensive either. So we knocked that out. So that was problem number one. We bought the place. Um, I get estimates. That was the cheapest estimate too, $15,000. What? Yeah. I've never had had to replace sidewalk. I don't know. It was a lot of sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had to take all the old stuff out Mm -hmm. and redo everything. So. I've got a flagstone sidewalk that's going to stay now. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, it should stay. So I got it done. I had the money. You know, $15,000, I'm thinking I could have bought another, had another down payment. Right. You know, so I'm not so happy about it, but do it. Um, Get it done. The tenant's still living in there. I raised the rent, 50 bucks, you know, whatever. They pay all the utilities. So these properties, I don't, they pay the snow removal. They pay for the grass. You know, so whatever money I get, Rent wise, that's mine. Yep. So, except it still for any sense. like capital expenditures, like right. if the roof ever needs to go, if right. the new heater or, yeah, how does that work with single families? Like, are they responsible for their own appliances? Or, or like, how does, how do you, the only appliance I make them be responsible for is the washer and dryer. Okay. I don't want to buy them anymore. At first, I was replacing them all the time. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know what? So, if there's one there, I go, it's there. As soon as it breaks, it's on you. Yep. That's it. Yeah, we, we were just talking about this earlier, like before the podcast started, but I don't know if I've mentioned it on any other episodes, but that's kind of how I address all my appliances, like refrigerator, stove, washer, dryer, like any of those appliances go, trust me, I got them all for under $100 on Facebook Marketplace. So can you. So like my kind of mindset and how I structure it in the leases is, hey, if any of these things go, give you 100 bucks. You can either buy a brand new one and get a hundred dollar discount, or you know find it find a deal on Facebook Marketplace like I did, and and do the same thing. So you're fifteen grand into the sidewalk. They're paying all their own stuff. 
fifty bucks more a month. Your your cash flowing okay. And the you're down done. payment was thirteen thousand dollars because this was more traditional. So I didn't have to pay the realtor side of things. So right. I'm the buyer. So the seller is paying the realtor. Sure. So my down payment was a lot less yeah. compared to the REO and the bank owned. That's all I. So yeah, I was crazy. really pissed because I had to put fifteen grand down because you, I could really more compare than it. A down payment. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. It was easily to see that. I could have had another one if it wasn't right. for that. Right. Was there any other big ticket items besides the sidewalk in that short term? No. I, I Nothing's big ticket compared to 15000 Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I should have walked away. At, if he was holding firm, I should have probably walked away from that one, but I would have regretted it forever. Yeah, because yeah, even <laughs> $28,000 down for something that's going to make you $500 a month is a no-brainer. Right. At, at the end of the day, it's all about that. Yep. So a year later... I decide to redo their kitchen. So you know what? I'm a kitchen guy. All new cabinets. We rearranged the kitchen. So they had... Just out of the kindness of your heart? Well... For money. <laughs> for money. Come on. Um, they had a stove and then a 36-inch double-wide like sink base. That was their kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I go, man, I, I mean... So I got my contractor in there. Did you talk to them first, like... Hey, if I redo your kitchen, will you pay more in rent? Because obviously it's all for money. Like, how did that? Well, this tenant also, I mean, I go on and on and on about this property because even today, this property is a thorn. So this tenant was just going to say yes, 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 yes to everything. I mean, from the beginning, I kept her on a month to month lease because when I bought the place, she was behind with her previous landlord. I don't know how much, but I know she was behind. So. I didn't trust. I go, okay, we'll go month to month, see how you do. If I have to evict, it's a little easier to evict somebody on a month to month than a year lease. So we'll, we'll, we'll tiptoe, we'll get to know each other, you prove to me, then we'll work it out. Finally, I, I, we do the kitchen. I raise the rent to $1,400 a month. So granite countertops, um, wraparound kitchen, just everything top to bottom in that kitchen. A lot nicer than a sink base and, and a, a stove. stove. Right. Exactly. So the place is beautiful. And I'm thinking if I do have to evict her or yeah, it's, I, I'm make the, definitely, it needs to be my process is right. that much shorter. If I'm yep. just slowly investing into this place, when I'm ready, I don't have to kill myself. So, right. and just hurry up and get it all done in, in a month. So that's all done. I raised the rent 1400 a month. She's paying. Then here comes Mr. COVID. So we get into that. And that what leads into what I'm still dealing with today is tries to pay. Later. Say what? A year later. A year later, exactly. So once COVID starts, the payments get really erratic. 900 here, 1400 here, 1600 here, trying to catch up, just, just all over the place. I can't take it. There's nothing you can do, really. I get to about two weeks ago. No, I have to lie. About a month ago. She stopped paying for about six months. Nothing I could do. Oh, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to... Nothing. Six months. So No are, rent. Are you at this point... Like reaching out to your mortgage company saying, hey, my tenants aren't paying. I know some are doing some forgiveness. No, I'm not doing that at okay. all. I'm just taking it. Eating it on the chin. He's got to. And right. what about like the legal process for that? That's where I'm at now. So a month ago, I guess it was February 11th, we had a Zoom court hearing about this. So I had to pay my lawyer 1500 bucks to do all the paperwork. You know, I wish I could do it myself, but I missed something. I'd rather pay. Sure. So we do the Zoom hearing, tell my manager at work, I go, hey, I got to do something real quick. Uh, do you mind? Yep, no problem. 
We do the Zoom meeting. I didn't have to say a word. I'm shaking like a leaf. <laughs> I'm not good in front of like federal officials. You know what I mean? Yeah. So judge comes on, basically hammers her and go, why aren't you paying? I did like, I guess they send them legal aid. They send them all this stuff to qualify for. The lady didn't do anything. Sure. She doesn't think I'm the one that is suing her. I don't know who she would think is suing her, but she doesn't know it's me. So she hasn't paid me for six months. I'm now suing her. I don't think she's going to show. She shows up to the court hearing. She gets beat up by the judge. He rules in my favor. So he rules, you know, legal fees, court fees, everything she owed me, but but about 900 bucks. And it's all in my favor. Then she just files for bankruptcy and doesn't... Not quite. <laughs> it's worse. It all starts oh, no. It's That's... a lot worse. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's a period you have to wait to make sure she doesn't appeal and the legal process has to fall. Then you could go to that same judge and say, hey, I want to file for possession of the property so you can start getting the eviction process going, get a hold of the constable. So I file for that, what my lawyer does. So I got the judgment for the money and she agreed that she owed me the money. Now I get the judgment for possession of the property. So I talk to the constable. We have it scheduled for the 16th of this month. month. Um, He calls me. He goes, yep, 11 o'clock on the 16th. Yep, no problem. That same day, she sends me the CDC declaration for the COVID. That stops everything. No way. I don't. Yeah, I have. Everything I've gone through legally, and they've granted me everything. The yep. property's mine on the 16th. Yeah. She delivers that CDC declaration saying, because of COVID, I've lost hours. I don't have as much work and I can't pay but my rent. Wouldn't that all be in that initial court hearing? Exactly what I thought. Exactly what I like thought. Like, that's the whole reason that it got ruled in your favor. Everyone knows that Why COVID's didn't she going have on. it then? Right. She should have had it from the beginning. No. She waited for it on the back end. She talked to she a lawyer. They said, legal hey, aid, throw this. Yeah. Throw this in. It'll stop everything. So I'm thinking... This was this past week. I talked to the constable last Monday. And Tuesday, she sends me the declaration. I about had a heart attack. My eyes were popping out of my head. I'm thinking, how many more months is she going to live here for free? Wow. Ridiculous. Did you ask? Like, wh- Well, part of the declaration is that she has to make any and all efforts to pay the rent. So that's going to be months then to like get the evidence to put that in front of a judge. To so I have two, not- two options. Exactly. Go sit in front of the judge, pay my lawyer more money, and prove that she doesn't have a legal or a financial problem, mm-hmm. or wait it out till March 31st, where the uh, the moratorium expires, if they don't extend it again. Who knows? It didn't just get extended with the... Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I hope not. Yeah. Don't ruin my day. <laughs> so so the one caveat, and my wife, we're, I'm, I'm freaking out. And I'm telling her what's going on. And she goes, this lady is on a month to month. Tell her you're not extending her lease. He goes, you're at, you can get her out that way. I'm like, ah, why didn't I do that two months ago? <laughs> Wait, really? Is yeah. That, and like your lawyer and everything? Nobody said anything. What the My f- wife goes, isn't she month to month? End her lease. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> So is that what you're doing? That is exactly what I'm doing. So, But now there's no chance in hell you're going to get the back pay. Well, that's already mine, but you can't get blood from a stone, right? Right. So attach it to her income at her job. I mean, paycheck. Maybe. Besides that, maybe. Um, So my lawyer, 
I wrote to him. I go, hey, will this work? He goes, absolutely, it'll work. What an asshole. I'm like, well, isn't that what I'm paying you for? <laughs> right. I didn't what, say that. Uh, he is a okay. good guy. But okay. <laughs> he goes, absolutely do that. And then, uh, you know, I... I think that would make me more mad. Oh, I was than, angry. Than the, I was the angry. rest of all that I mean, stuff happening. I'm paying this guy $350 an hour. Right. So one phone call is 35 bucks, And that's a couple minutes. So... Wow. Um, you had that trick up your sleeve the whole time. I had no idea that would work. And I would have done that so long ago. So using that now... To, to your knowledge, like, so right now, if you, you bought another property I'm going to, month to month. today, are you going month to I'm month going straight month up? month to month, 100%. Do you have any other inherited tenants that you still no, have? None? No. Well, I do have a few in the multi-unit world, but... So that's... Crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I'm good with it now. Yeah. Last week... I, it was I a was, different conversation. Oh, my God. So let me finish yeah. the story yeah. real quick. Basically, if I give her notice, let's say today... Mm-hmm. She can stay till April thirtieth of this of next month. Okay. So the clock doesn't. If I send the notice now, it doesn't start to the beginning of next month anyway. So. So you're waiting till that thirty first if the moratorium is going to get extended. Right. Right. Um, so basically, this person, my tenant, is applying for grant money to pay me the back rent. Mm-hmm. And so I go to my lawyer. If I give her this notice. Forget about getting your back rent. She right. has no reason. That all these grants thinking. are yeah. made for them to stay in the property, and I don't want this. Exactly. Because after all this is over, six months from now, I'm going to be in the same position, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I go, I really don't want to send this mm-hmm. now. Right. And he, he called me. He goes, yeah, don't send it. So we, we got to that point. Like, so he, that Legally, you don't have to do it yet. Right. So she sends me a payment. Last week she paid fourteen hundred. She paid or whatever. She paid her rent. Yeah, and for for March, March, which yeah, yeah. But she which has to to keep with that more the, the declaration. September. She has to pay. Now. I was gonna say which March? Yeah, she paid yeah. last March. That's right. So so that's the nightmare from start to finish. This place has been nothing but a nightmare. Wow. Yeah, and Should... I didn't mention the bout of fleas the place had or <laughs> uh, the other things that it had but this place has been a disaster from the beginning lesson learned lesson never learned. fix sidewalks yeah never fix sidewalks never if fix you sidewalks. see it all cracked up don't buy it don't buy it okay um then we moved into multifamily that's the uh, yeah. next journey in my career here so you guys are familiar with multifamily yeah how's it working for you guys Loving it. Yeah, can't complain at all. I mean, right now I'm doing a house hack with the duplex. So when stuff goes wrong, I just got to walk up or down stairs. Yeah, it's not bad. And, you know, eventually when I get the next one, I can rent out this unit where I'm in and then repeat. So that way my living expenses are always zero. That's what I want to get my kid to do. Yep. Just start exactly where you guys are, backer, however. and 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 just being that resource, like for you to be that resource, like whatever type of to work needs to be done. I know how to do it. I, right. I if I don't, I, I know someone who can come help that's you out. Like that's beauty of HVAC. Exactly. Isn't it? We know everything. We know everything. Yeah. To greatest. do HVAC, you got to all the other trades are involved constantly. Like electrical, plumbing, HVAC. Like it's all construction. You know, literally everything. So it's all we definitely you know hit the jackpot in that trade. So that's where you're able to to really add that value. You know, she saved the money for the down payment. I have the credit has the credit like you, you get into one of these places and like we're not we're not in that same range that you're looking at we're not in Norristown Pottstown like the the cheaper stuff we're 
Souderton, Quakertown, you know, that type of area where... I ran into a lot of naysayers that go, why would you invest there? Mm -hmm. And you go, well, there's money to be made anywhere. And I'm not, I'm not talking down because I, I, you've explained the numbers and they, they are incredible, you know, incredible. I would do it too. If I was buying, putting 25% down on each deal where by house hacking and doing that strategy, you're able to secure that low down payment Mm -hmm. on a more expensive property with less hassle tenants. Right. And we've both been very fortunate to not have anyone be late, you know, that it hasn't happened yet. And that, that's been just a, a huge blessing, but it also ties into the, the environment that you're in where, you know, oh, I, I don't pay, my credit's going to tank. And now it's going to affect buying a house down the road where, you know, you have a different class of tenants that are now, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. So they can take that loss where, you know, it's, it's a little more secure with the, the more expensive properties. And if you're able to find a property that you're able to live in one of the units, no matter what the thing is, and afford the down payment and have live rent free, pay no expenses. I do it a thousand times over. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, you know, no, just you trying guys... to keep repeating that process until the passive income's to a point where, you know, we could either do more twenty five percent deals or or stop. You know, right. if if we want to, because neither of us have dabbled in, in the burr and taking money out to go do more deals. It's like you can only do one per year. So you have that whole year now to save up and the more income and the less expenses you have, the easier it is to save and doing a deal every year becomes super easy to do. Definitely. I, I'm getting to the point where it's like, I want to do more deals, but the bread and butter in what I'm doing is claiming residency, getting right. that low down payment. My cash on cash is 50%. It's great. You know, so I do like the strategy you were doing of like the under 100,000 because yeah. if you have vacancy or something happens where you can't get a tenant in, you know, with your timeline you expected, you're not getting creamed every month, right. you know, with a super, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollar house. Right. So, right. you know, it's a lot, a lot less risk getting in, especially starting out to hit, you know, 60, 75,000. So risk versus reward. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're willing to put up with the courts and the eviction process. Well, this is my and, first time dealing with the courts too. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well that changes a lot. Yeah. Cause it's first time six years. Yeah. That's yeah. really impressive. We, I, but see, this is the only one I didn't vet or pick. Mm-hmm. See, so it all comes. It's back my own that. fault. At yeah. the end of the day, I took the easy route. Yeah, because I was dealing with the cement. Yeah, or the sidewalk. So yeah. I that was it was funny. There's a forum on on bigger pockets with uh today. I was like, what was your biggest rookie mistake? Yeah. And I, I went in and I, you know, my with the triplex, I had I have Jor- a long list. I already sure. had Jordan. <laughs> um, in, in the one we were living in the other, I needed to find one tenant. You know, settlement wasn't until August 28th. The second our agreement got finalized, they ex- accepted my offer. I put it on Facebook Marketplace. I wanted to have that list of tenants ready to go. The second settlement hit, that worked out. The day of settlement, I had a bunch of tenants show up. You know, there's qualified people, blah, blah, blah. A guy walks up to me, says, I'll give you 16 grand for the year. I said, deal. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I, I didn't look at his, um, I didn't look at his, who cares at that point? Exactly. Yeah, it's like the, yeah. it's the mortgage for Is the your year. Check pretty gonna close. clear. Yeah. He's like, we just sold our house. You know, we can pay in cash. Good to go. And I said, you got Show it. Me the money is what you said. I said, you guys won. Good, good work. <laughs> and you know, eight months later, 
he's in jail. And oh, <laughs> and so if I would have done the background check or checked his credit, I would not have picked this tenant. And like, and that's why I was offering all that money up front to bingo, boom, to distract you with the dollar signs. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> all it I saw worked was dollar signs in my eyes, and it so it worked. Cha-ching. And the um, you know, eight months in, he goes to jail. His daughter's living there with her kid, and. She doesn't make enough income to keep paying the rent when that year's when up. Due. You know, so we had a, a tough conversation. It was like, she's like, can I stay on month to month? And it's like, I can't. I know you can't afford it. And so I helped her find a new place. I helped her move to her new place. You know, I it was a whole thing. Oh but God. I was able to, the day that she was out, her year was up, the new tenants came in, it, everything worked out. But the, the added stress of not vetting your tenants and you're saying the same problem is happening for you so going back if you could reverse the clock even though she was when you found out that she was late on her last landlord would you have decided to end her month-to-month lease or going forward would would you do that in the same position well i knew and i didn't do it so but maybe that's now, because it needed a brand new kitchen exactly it, okay i needed to do I, some work to the place so I'm right thinking, well, she's living here paying right i'm not I don't want to have it empty right. ever. You right. know what I mean? But right. now I didn't get six months of rent. So, and at the end of the day, if that place is, I'm used to getting $1,400 a month. I, I think about the numbers all the time. $1,400 a month. So 600 is going to my mortgage and the taxes and all that. I'm making 700 bucks, 800 bucks, whatever. Well, now when I'm not getting any of that, now I'm losing 600 bucks yep. for the mortgage. So really, am I losing $2,000? Because I didn't get the fourteen, and now I'm putting out another six. Yeah, yeah you're losing. I'm 2, losing two thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So real quick, it adds up, and it starts hurting. Yeah. And it's money you'll probably never get back. So right. Fortunately. But but that changes that when when you were telling me about that, I I was like, that's probably the worst thing that's happened. But like, I'm sure you're dealing with other evictions and spending some time in the courthouse. But if this is the first time, first yeah, first I, and only. I don't know. We we. We're going to have another guest. I was just talking to a guy I know who, who does all Norristown investing, and he he has some freaking horror stories, oh, like lots. <laughs> and it was like, this reinforces why I don't want to invest in Norristown. Because I right. remember our first conversation, I was like telling you like, oh yeah, you know, getting this triplex for 280, getting this duplex like, really? for 200. You're like, like dude, what? you could buy 30 houses <laughs> yeah, like, in Norristown, you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but then I broke down the cash flow and it's like, yeah. okay, that's okay. Yeah. You know, there, there's definitely more risk, higher reward. What are you comfortable with? Exactly. How much fortitude do you have to right. take that risk? And, and even now, I mean, I have so many people that pay me in cash. So that's another risk I take when I go around and collect, you know? So... Are you using any, like, looking forward to use any, like, electric services? Like, I know this Oh, is- I, I use everything I can. You know, Cash App, Cozy. I don't know if you guys have heard mm-hmm. of Cozy. But I have a demographic that doesn't use a financial system. Yeah, and it they, doesn't have a they bank They operate account. in all right. cash. Right. So mm-hmm. they're great. They don't want any problems with the courts. With They, they want to fly under the radar. So you're going to get paid. Yeah. I just have to go get it in person. How much did you spend on your bill counter? yeah we were looking at getting one how much did you spend that's my wife (laughs) (laughs) so a lot a lot (laughs) but yeah so so then you go okay well i'm collecting rent i'm gonna arm myself i'm gonna you know i mean it's just things you bring different cars uh 
change your schedule, go in the morning, go in the evening. It's just don't be a creature or habit because you just never know. So you, you try have to a protect fanny yourself. pack or something that you put the cash in or uh, just, briefcase? Just money bags. And and just, just dollar signs <laughs> on like the... what, what? The big like burlap bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so you got it into multifamilies after all this. So. Yeah, so I never wanted into multifamily. Why? Because you had so to pay much more work. So much work. That's what I was afraid of. Um, you're usually paying the utilities, depending on the place. Several more tenants to deal with. So Several more streams of income. Hopefully. So yeah, pros, cons. But uh, the multifamilies, I'm in with a partner. So again, how do you find a partner? You just, everybody I, I know knows I'm into real estate constantly talking about it. I'm sure most people are just sick and tired of hearing about it, but that's what I talk about. Yeah. You know, me too. Um, now that I'm so busy, I'm talking about it less and less because I don't have the time that I used to have and I don't, um, obsess about it like I used to because of the time factor. But basically I was just talking. It was tough because a friend of mine told me that person in Hatfield, her husband passed away. They own like 30 some properties. That's what you were saying about the whale. That's yeah. our whale. And she's older, probably close to 80, smart businesswoman. Her husband passes away. What do you do? Run right over and go, hey, uh, let's make a deal. I don't want to be heartless. I don't want to come at, out as a scumbag. So I just kind of let time pass. A couple weeks, you know, I throw a, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm doing the best I can here. A <laughs> couple weeks go by. The dollar signs just in the eyes. Oh, my right, God. I got to get over that. there. I'm going to wait a week. <laughs> Lucky I didn't call her that day. Right. Got to build some rapport first. Just, definitely. Send so some flowers. I call her. Go, hey, I know you're going through some stuff. I don't want to overwhelm you or beat you up, but I know you have some properties you want to unload. When you're ready, you call me. And That's we'll leave it at that, it too. you know, yeah. trying to work it as best as I can. I'm hoping she calls. Mm -hmm. And probably, I would say three weeks later, she calls and says, hey, I'll, I'll show you a couple if you're interested. And, and we went from there. Now, these places were the rat holes of towns. I mean, they're bad. They're fully rented. I'd be really making money in the one place because there were so many cockroaches. If every cockroach paid, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. I've never seen. I mean, I've owned it. And it's local to here. Yeah, this one's in Hatfield. So I walked through it. I could tell there's remnants of cockroaches everywhere. It's fully occupied. I'm thinking, how do these people live here? Like, it's a sin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like soothing listening to them through the walls. Like, oh, my, it has to be. Like Whatever white, it is. White noise it's white noise. It helps you sleep. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, even now when I go there, I have to pretty much strip to make sure I didn't bring any home. <laughs> Me and Caleb can relate. Food <laughs> 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 litter. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, she shows me these properties. I'm at this point. You know, these are private deals. Uh, she's just interested in selling the worst properties she has. Just unload them because she has all this. She doesn't want to put any money into them. She knows they're to the point that they have to. So she wants to cash out everything she can and let it be somebody else's problem. It's my problem. You know what I mean? So it's a good problem. Good problem for us, right? So we meet up with her. She shows me the two. I want them. We go to sit down and talk about talk money. I have no idea what these things are worth. They're three unit buildings each. The one she had an appraisal for for two hundred and twenty five thousand that was just done because they had to settle the estate with her husband, and that one was in her husband's name. 
they had to get it appraised for the state and all that. So she didn't pull that out right away. So I go, she goes, what, what would you give me for it? And I go, well, this one here bucks. in Hatfield, I'm like, uh, I could do a hundred. She's like, I have an appraisal here that says it's worth 225. I go, you know, I'm taking it back. I'm saying, oh shit, I'm not going to get this place. And she wants cash. But immediately after she says, I have an appraisal here for 225, she goes, it's not worth that. Mm. I go, well, tell me what it's worth. Yeah. You know, I throw out my, no- my number. She goes, I think what you're offering is fair. And we'll go with that. I'm like, nice. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple extra steps. <laughs> Should have just said yes. Right? <laughs> right. But she had the appraisal there. I had it in my hand. I'm like, wow. it's an official appraisal. You know? So what was but it they, running? What was uh, it running for, if you remember? Way under rent. You know, but still. And a multi-unit, they take your expenses versus your income and sure. get the cap rate and with the multi they figured it out that way basically that's normally more on the the commercial large, side. large commercial yeah side, so but. so if like even if they were bringing in with the three units what's oh. that seven hundred dollars a month is twenty one hundred like that's it was probably twenty three hundred maybe so that's still hitting the one percent rule right. where a lot of investors will buy like if i saw that property i i would dive into it it wouldn't just skim past my radar. If then I go in and look at the pictures and it needs a full gut, that's different. It's right. not worth the one percent. It's worth the one percent with the rehab cost. Mm-hmm. What was really nice about that place is we bought it. It was fully occupied. We're making twenty three hundred a month. Mm-hmm. We don't have a mortgage. We paid cash. Me and my partner. Yep. Um, oh, sorry. Before we go into this, we'll we'll save this spot. But how did you find this partner? Oh, so just telling everybody about that I'm into real estate. And just some guy and, told well, some guy. No, he's a buddy of mine. Oh, okay. We weren't that well buddies now, let's say. Yeah. But he always heard me talking about real estate. Mm-hmm. And one day I was talking about it. I might have been on the phone and he overheard me and he goes, I have some money. And I go, Well, I have a deal right now. But it was for a single family. So I skipped over that one, which mm-hmm. is one of my biggest regrets in real estate, but because mm-hmm. I didn't get it. But um, if you want to go back to that one, we can too. But he go. I go, I have a deal. He goes, well, I have the money. I said, well, come check it out, you know? And then we've been best friends ever since. Okay. I mean, even though we didn't buy that specific one, sure. we've bought others. Yeah. And so, you guys like a 50-50 split? The, yeah. And how did... So the, I want to get in... Because I called you. That, we were talking about partnerships. Because so. I, I was looking into we'll it for We'll go my, back to the yeah. multifamily later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what we were saying, uh, let's see. Yeah, he came up with the money. So trying to gather myself. Yeah. This property was next to my my Golden Goose. Okay, in Norristown. In Norristown. Okay. Single family, literally right next door to the one I own. Mm-hmm. I found out it was vacant, and it's been vacant for like six years. Awesome. The guy that was cutting the grass, I go, hey, what's going on here? He goes, oh, yeah, they haven't lived here. They moved somewhere else. I go, oh, you, you think I could talk to him? And he goes, oh, the guy's super nice. You could talk to him. I called the guy. I looked him up. I did a background check on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, been verified, whatever. Do you pay for that? I do. True People Search is pretty cheap. Is it? it or it's free. Is it? But it's not as Not as good. That's my thing. Yeah. I got a hold of him. The first number I called, he answered. I said, hey, whatever. He goes, you come see it tomorrow. Great. Place is identical to the one I already own, but it was packed floor to ceiling. That was his pack rat mm. hole, I guess. You know, very sweet guy, but the wife must have had a QVC problem. So many boxes of everything, just floor to ceiling. You couldn't see a thing. Wow. So it turns out this house, at the end of the day, he owed 90000 It wasn't going to sell for 90000 so it was going to be a short sale. He was still paying the mortgage, 
Can you so explain I, a short sale for everyone listening? So basically, short sale is, well, I set him up for a short sale, let's say. Mm-hmm. When I talked to him, he was paying the mortgage, and he couldn't afford it. It wasn't worth to sell the place. He wasn't going to get cashed out of it, so he still owed the money. Mm-hmm. I bought the one next door for 60000 so we're talking $30,000 difference, roughly. Um, we set him up for a short sale, so I told him, stop pay- making your payments. Just stop, because that's going to trigger the mortgage company to try to figure out what's going on and get the process going. Then we got my realtor involved. She filled out all the paperwork, and a short sale is basically the bank that owns the property or owns a note on the property will decide to take less and take a loss, but sell it forward for what the market value is at the at the moment of the property, basically. That's really cool, actually. So they they kick and scream, but if you have a realtor, they'll assess it. They'll get two other opinions. They'll take the middle value. Okay, it's only worth, in this state, 40000 Is that what they said? At first. Okay. $40,000. I'm thinking, holy crap, I'm getting to this place <laughs> for forty grand. It needs tons of work, but I'll do this, you yeah. know? But they wouldn't, it just wouldn't go through. So every month we had to reapply, do all the paperwork, sign everything because it's just a very slow process. We went on back and forth with this for about nine months. Mm-hmm. Now they want 60 grand for the place. So it's, it just keeps on going up because the market's getting hot and yeah. they know it. Yeah. So I'm so intimate with this house. I have a key for the place, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know this place inside and out. Yeah. So Practically your house now. Pretty much. <laughs> and all his stuff is in there. So... A lot of the furniture that was in there, he goes, oh, you could take that. And we go, oh, I'll give you money for it. You know, whatever. He just needed to get the stuff gone. So mm-hmm. so now the roof joists, five of them were rotted completely. The rubber roof is leaking water. Yeah. There was a raccoon living in the attic. For how long? Was he paying rent? <laughs> he wasn't paying rent. <laughs> sure. Need to evict him. Every utility, the cold, the, the hot and cold water, all the pipes were bad. Galvanized, popped. The knob and tube, like you'd hit some of the light switches, they wouldn't work. Yeah. Top to bottom, that place needed everything. So long story short, I got nervous and you go, shoot, if I'm going to have to put another 60 into this place, 70 into this place, yeah, I shouldn't do it. Right. So we walked away from it. Okay. And I'm kicking myself ever since. Because? Because I like collecting these things like baseball <laughs> cards. <laughs> I was gonna. I was like, oh, maybe someone else bought it and they flipped it for three hundred thousand. You know, no, no, crazy. They, somebody else bought it. Mm. They're renting it. Do you know what they bought it for? They bought it for like sixty-five thousand. And then put another sixty-five. They probably. In. I mean, with just the trash that was in the place. I mean, I was. I got an estimate like five grand just to get the trash out of the place. Wow. If I didn't do it myself. I would love doing that myself. I. I've, I was going to do it myself, but, you know, you had to get all these estimates. I'd, I'd move all of it into my house, all these new little treasures. Like. We got all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just giving it all away, but what a sweet guy. I mean, he really yeah. was a good guy. But yeah. So, yeah, we walked away from that one. Probably shouldn't have. It was probably a good deal. I know it was a good deal, but you can't win them all. You know sure. what I mean? Then we got into the multifamily. So me and my partner, we were looking at this, other, this deal here mm-hmm. together. He wanted to go for it. I was backing out. Okay. Then we found this person with the multifamilies. We're in agreement with the one for a hundred grand, uh, three blocks from my house. And then there's another one in Telford for seventy thousand. She agreed to that. So we got both of them, and we're we're rolling now. The repairs for the one in Hatfield that we paid a hundred thousand for, the rents that were coming in, were financing the rehab as we're doing it. So. We have no money out of pocket. Yeah. 
except for the initial hundred thousand in closing costs. And is he planning on ever refinancing to pull his equity back out and then lower your cash flow? I'm sure you don't want that, but for him, well, right now we're we're putting everything we get out of it. We just put it right back into the property. Sure. Well, and even more so now that we're pretty well together at that property. It's you know the rents were about seven hundred for each unit. Mm-hmm. Now they're you know eleven hundred. Yeah thousand for the other two. So it's, it's operating and at its fullest potential. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to move to the one in Telford and basically the money from that unit and what we're getting from Telford, just putting it in to rehab that one. So we're not taking money out of our pocket, but we are, but it doesn't feel like we are, you know what I mean? So, and that's what we were talking about. Cause when I was asking you questions, it was like, well, how do you, how do you do like your, you know, okay, he's the cash partner. You do the rest 50, 50. And then I was like, what do you do each month? Do you have a joint bank account? Do you do this? And you were saying that you guys don't even don't spend it. Spend it. You look, you reevaluate once a year or once every while when like, okay, if anything needs to be done, we're pulling from this tank that we we're filling. It's funding this it's rehab, there. it's doing this rehab. And now once everything's good and it's cash flowing positive, you can still just have this large bucket and And if we want to buy more, we can buy more. We have a big expense that we go, hey, you know, I'm going to take 15 grand. I need it. It's your money. Mm -hmm. But right now we're not there. I think a really important part of like the partnerships is like being established first and like having consistent income streams from like already having, you know, rental properties. So that way. Well, that helped too. Exactly. That was already established. He knew I knew what I was doing. And if you both like have money saved up, you know, you're not like scraping pennies together already. We don't need the money. I needed my cash flow for this. Today. I need it now. Yesterday. Like, you know, you mind if I take this month's cash flow to pay my bills? You know what I'm saying? Like, so having that establishment up front just makes from my perspective, it seems like the partnerships would work a lot smoother than like mm-hmm. first deal getting in with somebody else and like figuring it out together. Like that could be pretty friction. Like I guess my biggest thing is when I make a repair, do I go, hey, I did this. Yeah. He doesn't care. Right. It's, he, he trusts me enough that yeah. it gets done. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to redo the sewer line. I had to, there was a leak. I don't care as long as it's done. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's taken care of. I trust you enough to do it. Don't worry about it. And because we were talking about that too. And like by me doing it, so the toilet goes bad, needs a replacement. I can do that for a hundred bucks in two hours. Right. So what's my time worth? I, you know, pay myself 60 bucks an hour, whatever. Now that's 220. If I were to have a plumber come out and do it, it's $600. Right. So where are you, what's better? What's better? Cause it's like, okay. So now if we have the plumber do it, now we're each paying. 300 for right. the 600 right. if i do it i'm me paying 60. <laughs> 300 i'm buying the toilet and 60 an hour 60 an hour you know 220 well, bucks the toilet should come from the pool of money right but right right so it's, it's just your labor it's, it's just, just your the labor 120 dollars would would i rather do you charge what the the contractor would charge and that that's like no because okay yeah, we could so. split the the 220 i'm making 110 but I'm, I'm, my. You're putting worth, in an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a balance. It, it's a weird balance. Is it truly ever even? No. I mean, if you strive but for perfection, like it's just going to cause friction. Exactly. You know? I mean, be happy if somebody's willing to uh, 
you know, put their name and their money out there exactly for you. Exactly. So, it, and, and that, that's like, and hope to do more deals out of it exactly. because you've built that rapport and he knows he can count on you. That's, that's, I think more worth than anything, worth so more than anything. You could have refinanced another property if you wanted to, to have the cash to go do this other deal that now you're a hundred percent on and you're already right. doing all the work. What made you decide I, I want to jump into a partnership because I'm personally having this dilemma dilemma in my head. It's like, well, I could do it if I wanted to. I don't really want to refinance, but I could, and I could get this deal done and be a hundred percent owner. It just and sucks be- losing that cash flow. Yep. Sure. That's a, you know, we try to keep that. Right. That's the whole point. It That's is the, the point. point. That's the game. With all that being said, are you planning on doing more partnership deals? Are you looking to do more things on your own? Are you content with where you're at? Kind of what's your thing going forward? Well, if there's a good deal, I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, my partner, he's always, you know, he goes, I have the money. If there's a deal, don't pass it up because we got it. So uh, with that kind of support, yeah. If the it's deal's a there, cycle. it's, yeah, sure. we collect these things. I keep on saying it. It's like yeah. collecting baseball cards to me. So, yeah. I kind of want to get into your why. Like, you're starting this whole thing of creating generational wealth now. It's, it's completely changing tax brackets and it's completely changing the lives of everyone around you. What, what's, was your why that was like kept you going forward through this whole, this whole thing? For me, I don't necessarily have a why yet. If you'd ask my wife, or she always asked me, why are you doing this? Um, definitely, I want to retire young. I'm hoping another 15 years I can be hanging out on the beach, not having to worry about any of this stuff. Um, if I could set my kids up, get their college taken care of, and set them up for their future, that's great. I never really planned and said, I want to do this, and this is because. At the end of the day, I, it was, I'm making $700. Now I'm making $1,400 a month. Now I have another one and I'm making $2,200 a month. It just kept on growing right. growing and growing. And we're constantly chasing that buck. So, And once you have all these systems in this place, point, it's yeah. to say no to something that you know works and you know is doing this is almost like... Why? Why are you saying no? Like, right. What's the it's point there. of it? We can do it. We've proved it. Yeah. And just keep it rolling. So it's... It's like that big, uh, that snowball rolling down the hill is just bigger and bigger and bigger. And unfortunately, the only one that kind of suffers is my wife because she's never signed up for this. Yep. She just has my back and she just goes with the flow. And so, I can see like you are building up a like a huge set of infrastructure now to support you for new opportunities as they come up in the future. Now you're picking up, you know, singles and multis. You know, if you get enough of that going, something even bigger comes up in the future. You're like, you know, I have all these resources ready to go to support me with this new venture that, you know, would take less of my time, would give me more money or like, you're never going to know what that is now, but you know, you're just when it's there. Exactly. You're no, you're ready to go. Would you consider phasing into like bigger multifamily, like commercial apartment complexes and stuff like that? Yeah, I've definitely considered it. But if I went that route, I'd start backing away, get a 10 unit, 12 unit and have a property manager, have a maintenance man and just completely back off. I think that would be anybody's goal. Yeah. Yeah. The delegation. Uh, be hands free. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can build all this up, have the cash flow that you're seeing from each unit and then sacrifice, say, a few hundred dollars per you know unit per month to have hundred percent or 95 percent of your time back that you're normally spending it's priceless exactly and right that, now i can't help myself because i'm cheap 
I'm replacing a leaking faucet. I'm replacing toilets because I know how to do it. And I, I have a tough time paying somebody to do it, something that I know how to do. I have to change that mindset and just go get somebody you trust, get it done. Yeah, how much is your time Save, worth? I'm saved all these. Yep. I have more and more gray hairs and it's because I give them to myself because I always <laughs> drive myself crazy. I mean, how, if you can make X many dollars an hour making deals every day and you spend it your makes time more sense. changing toilets, that toilet's actually costing you, you tons of money. A lot of money. Exactly. But if you look at the, the adverse side, and, and sometimes I think about this too, it's like, sure, like my, my time could be better spent and like, Per if if that hour was going towards you know finding a deal or doing some something bigger, sure it's worth that. But like if it's I'm at home finally getting to catch up on a little bit of chill, like relaxing time, and it's like I punish myself for that. Like I I if this is happening, sure you know it's it's that counterbalance of like okay I could be doing something more productive with my time, or I could be watching TV and finally put my feet up for the first time in a week or two. And it's like, uh, I feel bad not going out and doing that work, especially, you know. Because you I, can do the work. Right. It is balance, and we have to all find our own balance. Right. And in time, that's all I can say, in time it's going to work itself out. Yeah. So, like, kind of veering towards the end, like, I, I wanted to get kind of your thoughts on, you know, if you, you saw a younger guy, like, it, in high school or college age and is thinking about getting into real estate like what are some things like that you wish you knew some things that like you would tell yourself or that you would give this advice to to someone in that position so even right now i'm mentoring a couple younger people to get into real estate they have the money somehow you know inheritance whatever and i'll go get into it now just jump in but they're young. They're f- they have this fear of doing it. So it's I'm hoping terrifying. it is terrifying until you do it. You're gonna fall on your face plenty of times, but you always get up and you knock it out of the park, right? Even my worst deal was one of my better deals. So me, I wish I would have gotten started and went with it so long ago. I mean, where could where could I be? Who knows? Right. You know, definitely be retired by now. Right. Um, that's why I give you guys so much credit that. You got into it, what, you're 21? 24, come on. 24, I don't know what you guys are. (laughs) Um, And you're into real estate, you're in 100%. I can only imagine when you're 30 where you're going to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in school, what do they teach you? They prepare you and go, get a job, punch the clock. Go to college. Go to college. Get a bunch of debt, get get married, get a house, get a new car, you know. Pay your 401k. The opposite of what you really should be doing is all those things are bad for you. Just take a leap. I I just saw this money in. I just saw this thing on it was someone's Instagram account, but it was like the in the first like three years or or five years out of high school, it's like college, marriage, uh, babies, new car, babies, house. And like, and I did all of them. Right. And everyone, (laughs) the majority of people, and again, the majority of people, 88% of Americans, paycheck to paycheck. So the majority are doing that. And like, there's such a, like that when they put dollar signs to each of those things, it was like, you're starting off your life $300,000 in the hole. Big time. Well, it seems like the easiest choices are always the worst ones, like in the long run. Like it's so 
easy to just, you know, get your job, just punch in nine to five, get out, like, you know, pay your rent every month. You don't got to worry about fixing anything. And it's just like all these decisions, you're like, you know, this is just, it comes to me really easily, but it, it always ends up being like the worst possible thing long-term because, you know, it is a lot of work getting into it. Like you said it yourself going into your first deal, like that stress of the market tanking all around you, all your money being in the deal. And then all your employers who were supposed to pay you all that money, you know, going bankrupt Dumb. at the same time, all that's happening. It's just like the Valley of Despair just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And then, you know, you were able to get pulled out by some people with some money that was Imagine if that didn't happen, if you had oh, like started off with, it would have ruined me, you know, never being able to, you know, look at real estate again without feeling mm -hmm. that hit. And, and you got to think of all the other people that were in that position and did put that lose, under and did put it, it to, you know, yep. now real estate's the enemy. And it's like, the thing is now when we're talking about the same thing that was happening in 2005, if that happened today with the rentals that we have in place, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And it's such a, it's like. People still need to pay rent. I know. And like, that's such a. You just get them cheaper. Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not hoping for it right. to happen. Right. But it's, it's like. But I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and that's such, like, everyone relates it back to that time where a lot of people lost money. And it's like, if you're in the buy and hold game and you're not in the middle of a flip. You're going to be good. You're going to be good. And so. We talk a lot about side hustles, like ways to, to get your income up, to get that down payment. And I remember you were doing vending machines at one time. I kind of wanted, I honestly forgot about it until we were sitting here, but like, I don't want to go into that because I think that could be a great investment in the right market at the right place. Like I, I wanted to see kind of how those did for you. So it's good and bad. Mm hmm COVID killed everything. Though. Sure. Let, let, That's, wait, let's talk about before COVID. Before COVID, it was great. I mean... How much are you buying them for? Uh, buy them as cheap as you can. Really, I, I would buy little 25-cent machines. Really? From... Like gumball machines? Gumball machines. I'd buy them from Facebook Marketplace for like 25 bucks. I'd paint them and get a new stand for them. I'd put them out somewhere. And so, next thing you know, this thing's making you like 50 bucks a month. That's so crazy. Wow. And you're like, who cares? <laughs> and I, and I, it's quirky. <laughs> yeah. And like, really more than anything. The gumball guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to show my son mm -hmm. that you don't have to punch a clock. Love that. And if you're willing to think outside the box, money's there. Yeah. You know, so that was my, my drive for it. So he would come with me, fill the machines. We count the money. Then we're done. I give him a little cut. Mm. and that's how you get them hooked right there yeah. yeah so barber shops laundromats anybody that would allow me to put a machine in there mm -hmm. i'd do it they uh, charge you at all for that you, you give them a 10 percent cut you know is that normally what you work out like i'll put it's this pretty traditional okay. to give 25 or sorry 10 percent yeah, yeah not 25 there's all your profit <laughs> but you know they'll negotiate they'll try to negotiate and you might say okay well i'll give you 11 but Whatever. you know you know, who cares? Like, they're not really. counting the money. It's well, like, I'll give well, you... Well, you try to be as honest as you can. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I have a couple full snack mm -hmm. soda candy machine or soda snack machines. How much do they cost? What do they bring in? Um, Yeah, I bought two of them for like 1500 bucks okay. on location already. And I wasn't making that much money. It's more of an investment. So if I put in $100 every week, I'd probably get $200 out every week. You know what I mean? So you're making money. I mean, you're doubling your money. You're, That's exactly. a great investment. So, so the problem was the COVID thing. Sure. 
Now nobody wants you at their business. Right. Um, now you have a machine sitting somewhere you can't get to. Yeah. So that is a problem. So, but I see a um, a problem and a great time to get started because a lot of people, people are, are phasing losing. out. Yes. Yes. So you probably pick up a lot of machines for you cheap could, right, right now and just hold right. them until well, things get That's the get problem. Normal. Like, how much do you want to get into it? I really want to keep my son busy enough yeah. with it and walk away. I, I heard That's people doing that with like coin laundromats and like investors with the, the... I would love to buy a laundromat, coin laundromat. But even like in the basement of a multifamily that, mm-hmm. you know, it's coin operated and like... Oh, I got you. Having your kid, you know, save up their birthday money to put the, the counter onto the, the machine or, you know, buy whatever. And then they go in every week and read the rewards. It's their job. And right. they they get to see that benefit and like... Mm-hmm. I love that. And then with the vending machine thing, even more so like that, it's just a much more scalable thing. It's not like, you know, yeah. Well, now I'm at the point I'm getting free vending machines. Really? I have three of them that they just gave to me. I guess the person abandoned them Mm -hmm. and they couldn't get a hold of them. So finally a friend of mine goes, Hey, I know you do this. And so they gave them to me, had to pop the lock and they all had like hundreds of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I was like, this is amazing, you know? (laughs) I didn't pay anything for them. And the one had like 300 bucks. The other one had like maybe 50 bucks of coins. It was just. Imagine how many in all the locked offices right now. Like I know the office I used to work at, there was three really big, super nice vending machines Mm -hmm. there. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they got hundreds and hundreds of dollars. No one's there. No one, like the place is locked down. And that's what sucks. You can't get to them. You can't refill them. You're not making your money that used to be. So like 1500 on two, what was. Were you going to collect every week? Were you going to collect every month? If it was a good location, you go every week. So what were you seeing every week? Yeah, I mean, a hundred, two hundred bucks. I would say you're 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 making a hundred bucks if you invested a hundred each week. Each week. So not bad. I I, that's a car payment, right? You know, so it was worth me doing it, but it's taking up my time. Mm -hmm. So that's the other time reward. Find somebody on Issue. Craigslist to do it for you. Right. <laughs> do you trust them with cash? Yeah, true. So I'm hoping, you know, once my son gets old enough, they make he's the, driving, uh, he can hit the route. They're making, um, uh, what is that, credit card operated machines? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a lot more prevalent now, oh, yeah. which could, you know, remove that, you know, character requirement of mm-hmm. handing the money back to you right. and just have it just being a stocking situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just did a little um, cash on cash calculation for these vending machines. and. For a $1,500 investment, $100 a week, $400 a month, times 12, $4,800 a year. It's going to be stupid. 320% cash on cash. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? Um, so so I, a I, lot of people look at me and they turn their head and go, what the heck are, are you doing, doing, doing that? You have properties. And- money. <laughs> I like money. Dude. Do- bottom line. <laughs> I'm you, uh- scouring Facebook Marketplace tonight for vending machines do you do any other investments like um any sort of like stocks cryptos i play a little bit with the stock market but i i buy the dip and then just long hold long hold yeah nice what are your um what's your biggest winner so far if you can remember off the top of your head well i bought a good bit of boeing when it was when they were having their problems with their uh that one jet Mm -hmm. so i really love that one yeah the 747 max yeah and uh i have a friend at sunworks at Boeing, and he was always crying, oh, Boeing, oh, Boeing. 
I'm thinking, well, I'm going to buy some of Boeing is what I'm going to do. They got government contracts. Yep. It's pretty much a good bet. I'm going for it. And that was great. Yeah. We, we did some work in uh, the one Boeing facility and it was, the, the pipeline was going through there and we were surveying and it, it was really freaking cool. Like they, the, how meticulous, like the blades have to be like, they have like little ounce weights that like they have the spinners that like test the new blades and like they'll move uh one ounce a millimeter and it'll change the whole dynamic of it it's a, it was really an interesting process and i know this has nothing to do with <laughs> real estate real estate or stocks or money but just uh it is it's pretty cool getting back into real estate <laughs> during how crazy it's been since the market reopened after covid how has it been trying to get uh properties since then for you so i've pretty much put a halt on buying more properties in this crazy expensive market i'm sure there's deals out there i want to get my places up to snuff really i mean I'm buying the ugliest house in the block cheap. So I figure instead of getting more of those, let me put everything I can into these properties to get them up. To not the ugliest property. To not the ugliest property and that I could charge more rent and people don't walk up and get, you know, think, you know, Frankenstein house. And like, that's the smartest play here. Like if, if, if you're I can't in that pay position. $140,000 and rent a property for the same 1500 Right. doesn't make sense to me. No. It, it, it just doesn't work. Right. So Not worth your time? Not worth it to me. So I'll just hold back a little bit. Wait for the dip. Whenever this dip comes, I'm ready to go. That's And going forward with how, what you're saying there about trying to like take what you have and make it better. Do you plan on like delegating or creating systems and processes to like help you manage these things? I know you said you spend your time managing these all yourself. So what are your plans going forward to try and, you know, once I find the right contractors, the right people, then they'll be put in place. Um, I had a small electrical problem at one of the properties and they wanted $8,000. Wow. I did it myself for 500. Right. So I, I just battle with just, People see you as a cash cow. I'm not Try to stupid. Take advantage. I know, it, but a lot of them are. I know. And a lot of them will pay it. So, I mean, it was... A, can't a, knock the hustle. So, I, I just struggle there. Yeah. So, I guess that's a lot of networking. So, you have to just spend a lot of time just calling people. I calling mean, people. Do and you have to, like, give them a job, see how they do, see what they Give them a you. job or two. Yeah. I fired a guy the other day. He did a job for me. He was supposed to side the front of one of my properties in Norristown. Two-day job, gave me an estimate. Okay, sounds sounds reasonable. I was providing the material. It's four months later, he's not done. Wow. Like So I had to like flip out and go, you know, I didn't care at the moment. I'm busy. I'm not paying attention. Sure. If he's not done, I don't have to pay him. Right. So I don't care how long you take, as long as you do good work and it gets done, right? Yeah. And he was what he was doing was two hours with me, then he'd run off to all these other jobs. So now I'm getting fed up. So he finally finishes because I'm promising him more work. I go, all right, start this job at my house. How do you have time to put aside? I need, you know, if it's eight days, I need at least five days in a row. If you have to emergency, I get it. The second day, oh, I gotta run over here. I go, you know what? You're fired. Forget about it. Wow. I'll just get somebody else to do yeah. it. So instead of taking a, a week, seven days, eight days, it took me three weeks because I had to find somebody new. Just do it myself. If I have to, you know, so it's just a struggle out there to find quality people that will do what they say they're going to do. Do you think that could be part of like the area you're in as well? Well, that was right here. That was here. <laughs> wow. 
So, I mean, it was right here in Hatfield, so I just don't get it. I mean, there's plenty of money out there. I just don't know what's going on, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Like I said, I have one guy that I wish I had three of. Right. And, and it, not enough people like that. Not enough. I mean, he, he ah, that took me too long. I'm, I, I can't charge you a full hour. Look, if it took you an hour and it was legitimate, just charge me for it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, so I need more of him. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever's fair. I'm, I'm more than yeah. fair. Yeah. So I guess last thing, like, do you have any secrets? Not like none. I know you do. Like the, the things that like a lot of other people aren't doing that, you know, things that you've kind of gotten around. I know we were talking before about like how you were kind of finding off market mm. deals and stuff like that. Like any, anything like that to, to really add value to someone listening that like, it's hard to say, uh, and to rein one thing in, I mean, mm-hmm. It, it's just, a conglomerate just, of everything and yeah and, and out. one strategy might work this time mm-hmm. and that same one won't work the next time right so what i do is wherever i have a property i let every single neighbor know what i'm up to i make the house look really nice so everybody's looking at it. they come around the corner they go wow that's the nicest house and when they're gonna sell or they're thinking about selling they usually come to you because they know what's going on so mm-hmm. i used to call people i used to I mean, people like get lists, cold call people, tax sales or tax delinquents, mm-hmm. uh, foreclosures, get yelled at, get cursed at. I don't do it so much anymore because it's just tough. Right. But so, so you're personally knocking on all the neighbor's doors? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I did that in, in Quakertown mm-hmm. and I got the response I got was like, who's this child on my right. doorstep? Well, I don't do it all the same day. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, uh, that, see, I just let people know what's going on. You make a big commotion. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these trades there. If it's a big situation or all your friends over there, everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. Leave all the doors open. And then you see people outside. Hey, uh, you know, tell me about the neighborhood or yeah. whatever. And, and it just goes from there. And then they watch out for you, too. That's cool. That's a good piece of information. That yeah. I haven't done that here. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So we... We really appreciate you taking the time. That was um, a good time. Is there any place um, anybody can reach out to you on social medias or anything like that? Yeah, I have uh, my Facebook page, uh, Rivera Leasing LLC. Um, that's out there. Uh, besides that, I mean, that's where I direct everybody. Cool. Awesome, that's man. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, You've been good dropping some crazy knowledge. So I'm going to have some fun going back and re-listening to everything. And really appreciate you coming Sounds on. Sounds good. Peace.